Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Jesus, we thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here this morning, leading and guiding, helping us to be attuned to what God is saying. Lord, we give you this time, we surrender it to you. That we would hear your voice to us, your encouragement, your kindness. Lord, lead us. Particularly in this period of time as we journey towards Easter together, we are trusting you and leaning in and listening. Amen. We well, can take a seat, church, and worship team, thank you so much. You can take a seat too, have a little bit of a break, and then I'll bring you back. Good morning. How are you all? Good, good. Nice to see some new faces as well. Hi, you're very, very welcome here this morning. We are beginning a series called Resurrection Hope, which is um, part of our practice of Lent, which we're doing this year, which is pretty exciting. Has anyone ever practiced Lent before? I haven't. And so I'm actually really looking forward to this because it's something that the church globally, universally, has practiced for a long time and it helps us form God in us. In this series, we're going to delve into the profound implications of Jesus Christ's resurrection for humanity and its significance for those who follow him. That's why we're doing it. The journey to the cross is a poignant blend of Jesus foreknowledge of his suffering intertwined with the promise of his resurrection. As we traverse the Lenten season, we are invited to align our lives with his sacred path, a narrow road, as Pastor Tam um, reminded us last weekend. In our Christian walk, we inhabit this space of already and not yet, whether a redemptive act of Jesus' sacrifice and re- resurrection has been accomplished, and yet we are waiting awaiting its ultimate fulfillment in our own resurrection. This means we live in the middle of suffering, yet with a steadfast hope in in God's deliverance and his comforting presence alongside us. As we embark on this journey together, let us orient our hearts towards this enduring truth. Jesus has triumphed over sin and death, empowering us to live daily in the light of the hope we possess through him. We thank you, God. Thank you for this period of time, these 40 days that we get to walk with you and just lean in a little more. Lord, would you bless this time. Last weekend, Pastor Tam shared a wonderful online message encouraging us through Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, which says this, pay careful attention then to how you walk not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. She encouraged us, particularly in this season, to become more attuned. That's the thing that really resonated with me, to be wise, to lean in, to pay attention, eyes open and heart wide, to be attuned to the Holy Spirit so we can be people who increasingly respond to what is coming across our path like our Father God. 
full of the fruit of his spirit with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But I know I need to grow in that fruit and I want to. Amen to that, hey. In this season of Lent, we have an opportunity to become more attuned to God's leading and guidance. So how can we engage in this practice of Lent? There are a number of ways which Tam shared last weekend, but I'm going to remind us of them today too. But there is no should, okay? Some of you are really good at shooting yourself, okay? So can we shake that off right now? Can you just do a little shake? This is not a matter of should. It is an invitation. There's freedom here. You and Jesus are well able to choose together the path ahead. So firstly, you can engage in prayer. If you need some guidance, we have a resource here, so I'll just show you. Has anyone grabbed one of those? Beautiful booklet that just teaches you through the Lord's Prayer how to pray that's available at the Connect Hub up the back there. Grab a copy. If you're unsure, that's a really great resource. We have regular gatherings as a community to pray and you are welcome to come along to whichever works for you. Sundays, 9.15 here in the auditorium when we gather before the service. Tuesday mornings weekly over Zoom, if that works for you, you can't get here in person but you'd love to engage in prayer over Zoom Grab the um, details for that from the office. Wednesday mornings, we're gathering weekly here um, from 6 till 7 to pray in the foyer. Wednesday evenings, if evenings works better for you, we gather here once a month in the upstairs room to pray. Our next one will be on the, the 6th of March. Or you might like to form a prayer partnership for this Lenten season, someone to pray with you weekly. If you want to engage more in the Word in this season, we're reading through Lent for Everyone by Tom Wright. Um, so I have a copy, but it is available for free via the Bible app. Has anyone been able to access that yet? Wonderful. So good. Actually, David, do you have a picture of just what, that, what it looks like in the app? It's okay if you don't. Anyway, if you're able to, you can pop it up so you can have a look at it. But it's just search Lent for Everyone. It's the first one that comes up. So there's daily readings there from the book of Matthew with accompanying thoughts and prayers to encourage you. We're also offering the course Christianity Explored, which is starting tomorrow. So it's not too late to start that. The wonderful Bothers are going to be running it here in the church in the upper room. And Tam will give you a few more details about that at the end of the service. It goes through the book of Mark and helps you to get curious about Christianity. It's fantastic if you're considering faith, new to faith, or you know you need to get clearer about who Jesus is, what he's done, and how to respond to him. Any stage, jump on in. Fasting. During the week, Pastor James emailed out some further communication about this Lent season, which included a link to a resource on fasting, which I highly recommend you go find and click through and have a read. And let us know again if you didn't receive that and we can get you signed up for our See Through Monash communications. So let me share a little from it about fasting. Fasting is a tool that can serve to deepen our faith. 
It's an optional practice with an aim to increase our longing for God, setting aside our usual sources of comfort and desire and prioritizing reliance on Him. Prayer plays a crucial role in fasting. Prayer helps us to quiet our minds and become more attuned to God's presence and messages. By foregoing worldly pleasures, we become more alert to God's voice. Fasting, especially during the period leading up to Easter, aids in the process of repentance, encouraging us to shift our focus from worldly matters to a closer relationship with God. That's good fruit, hey? So I encourage you in whatever way you can, make that room for him. And finally, way to engage in community. Let's do Lent together. Yeah? Whether in home churches, connect groups, prayer partners, friendships, gathering over a meal, sending a text during the day or going for a walk together. It's just there's simple ways to build community and do this together. Confession builds community. Sharing with each other little by little as trust develops. Your real life together. And celebrating with one another as we're journeying through. Celebrate what God is teaching you, what you're learning, what he's doing for you. And encourage each other to keep going. Sound good? All right. You ready for, ready for the scriptures for today? Psalm 32. So today in our time together, we're going to be diving into this psalm, having a look at it. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. And you may have read it in the app this, this morning. Um, in the app, it's the NRSV. And it's given the title, The Joy of Forgiveness. What a beautiful title. This is a psalm of David. It's called a mascal, which is a teaching song. And as we approach this psalm, let me remind you that the psalms are a collection of prayers, poems and songs written by various writers, including David, who did write this one. And they're poetic. So they're going to, you're going to hear language that's literal and metaphorical. Sorry, you're going to hear language that's not literal but metaphorical. <laughs> they use poetic ways of communicating experiences and, and teaching us. What I love about getting to study God's word is getting a greater appreciation for both the skill of these writers, their intention and purpose in writing to us, and God's wonderful oversight of it all and consistent revelation of his love. It's quite stunning when we actually get to delve in and see how particular he has been, his love and care in putting it all together. So let's read it together now and then we'll unpack it. You ready? Okay, just before we start, I have a question. Do you guys say blessed or blessed? Blessed. Blessed. Does anyone say blessed? Yeah, there's some, there's some. Okay, I find myself tripping up against it, so you might hear me do both. All good. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him. And sorry, them, and whose spirit is, there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave 
the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule who have no understanding and must be controlled by bit and bridle or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. All right, so come with me now and we're going to take a deeper look at this psalm because the way it's been instructed in order to communicate this message on David's heart is it's really fascinating. Imagine David like an older friend coming alongside you, someone who you've got a great relationship with. You trust their heart and you know that they've journeyed some things but come through them and they're coming alongside to teach you. He begins by telling us about the blessing of forgiveness. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him and whose spirit there is no deceit. In these verses, the assurance of blessing is repeated and the psalmist uses three different words for sin. Say three. It's going to be a repeating thing, okay? And three different words for forgiveness to communicate this assurance. You ready? Transgression the yellow ones, sin and sin. In other versions, it says iniquity. And three words for forgiveness, forgiven, covered, and does not count. The Expositor's Bible commentary notes this. The psalmist declares that the forgiveness of sin, whatever kind, whether against God or human beings, whether great or small, whether conscientious or inadvertent, or whether by omission or commission is to be found in God. The nature of sin is not as important here as the blessedness of forgiveness. Amen to that. But David makes it clear in the last line that this blessing of forgiveness is for those who are truly repentant and sad about their sin, not just regretful about the consequences. Integrity of heart matters. He then shares a lesson from his experience. Go to verse 3. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through all my groaning all day long. For night and day, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave me my sin. Wow. Sometimes these summits really make me laugh because their descriptions of their suffering are so dramatic. <laughs> but it's really relatable, isn't it? Because there's something, when there's something you're carrying that you know is not good for you and isn't God's best, it does feel heavy. And we do complain and it can get dark really quickly. <laughs> the psalmist shares that when he was holding unconfessed sin, it resulted in both physical and emotional suffering. But it's God's kindness to place a hand around our shoulder and bring our attention to the things that are harming us and others 
and not representing his character well. And we get to choose then how we respond. The psalmist response and the one he's encouraging us in is the way of wisdom. It's to humbly confess. It's the natural overflow of repentance. Let's notice again the three verbs he uses. Are you ready? Acknowledge, did not cover up, confess. And he was forgiven. Phew, pressure off, release, joy, blessing. As N.T. Wright shares, this psalm is actually a great celebration. It's over, it's gone, it's been dealt with. And instead of the heavy, dark feeling inside, there is a sudden sense of God's presence protecting and rescuing us. In verses 6 to 7, the psalmist reminds us of God's protection. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. What a beautiful picture. It's important to say here that suffering is not always a form of discipline for sin. You might think of Job's story from the Bible. If you're in a season of suffering, it may not be the case that there's anything for you to confess. But he's encouraging us that here, that adversity is always an occasion for the wise in heart to draw near to the Lord in prayer and to find solace in him. The centre of the psalm is verse 8, the promise of wisdom. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Notice the change in pronoun here. I will instruct you. I will counsel you. The psalmist is actually quoting the Lord's words here. And again, he uses the pattern of three verbs. Instruct, teach, counsel. We then move to the second half of the psalm with another lesson for experience. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding and must be controlled by bit and bridle or they won't come to you. He uses an example from nature here. Animals such as horses or mules must be bridled to be useful. But you are not a horse. We are not horses. We are not animals. God's desire for us is to walk in freedom, the narrow path, the path of wisdom he has set before us. And we're going to need to be responsive to him to do this. It's as if the psalmist is saying, guys, this doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't need to be drawn out. Friends, be quick to respond with humility, repentance and confession when God reveals something to you. Just the other week, one of our kids was um, giving us a bit of a detailed monologue about how he wanted us to make his breakfast and at the end, he, um, he adopts this little stance. He's like, well, do you want to do it the easy way or the hard way? <laughs> We're like, okay. <laughs> so guys, easy way, hard way. <laughs> Verse 10 again reminds us of God's protection. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. As in verse 6 and 7, the psalmist repeats the assurance of God's protection and love to those who trust him. The psalm ends with rejoicing in forgiveness. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, 
you upright, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. The Bible commentary says this, the assurances of God's love, protection, guidance and forgiveness mark the way of wisdom. Therefore, the godly are blessed. Even when they sin, they don't continue in adversity. The Lord protects them and changes their groaning into loud, joyful songs of deliverance. This psalm teaches us the need for confession. Confession here is not so much an act of contrition, though it is that. It's an act of humility where we repent. In doing so, we find forgiveness and redemption as God cleanses our hearts, removing the obstacles that stop us from seeing him clearly, following him freely, and trusting him afresh as both our saviour and our Lord. In today's reading from Lent for Everyone, N.T. Wright uses the example of his car, which ran out of fuel, and he was offered some fuel from a farmer, which he gratefully accepted, but ends up that it was the wrong type of fuel, and it just clogged up his car. The car ended up spluttering and coughing like a sick animal. But once the car had been cleaned out, it ran smoothly again, and the um, N.T. Wright held... He just had a huge sigh of relief and was able to once again consider, without worry, where he might like to go. He writes this, Confession is like cleaning out our car engine. Once it's been cleaned out, we are free to hear a fresh call from God, to hear when he whispers and feel when he nudges. Lent is a time for confession, for honesty, but not because God is mean or fault-finding or finger-pointing, but because he wants us to know the joy of being cleaned out, ready for all the good things he now has in store. You don't need to go digging in this season. Just lean in and listen. Draw near to him and respond to what he reveals. Who went to see the drones a few weeks ago? Anyone? Yeah, I saw you there. Chance meeting, what are the chances? <laughs> well, um, that weekend Steve was away and I was home with the four kids and, and I was like, look, there's only three nights, this is the last night. I really should get my act together and take them. But honestly, I was really tired. <laughs> it had been a big season and I was feeling a bit stressed and, and the kids had been, you know, when they're just arguing and that happens. So... Anyway, we had a chat and we're like, no, let's go do it. So we're driving there and they're still kind of at each other and I was like, I'm going to have to have a conversation, otherwise this is just not going to be fun. So I said to them, look, I want to take you, but where we're going, there's lots of people and it's going to be more tricky. So I need you to be a lot more responsive to me. You're going to need to stay a lot closer so we can navigate this together and it'll be safe and fun. If you're not okay with that, that's fine, but it'll mean that I can't take you there because it wouldn't be safe or fun. So they all agreed, yes, we'll do that. We'll pull our act together because <laughs> um, they really wanted to go and it really helped us to just reset. Like, okay, let's do this together. So we found a place to park around at Lennox Gardens and then we walked through um, around to where the main viewing area was and we had a great time. So shall I show you a couple of pictures? 
Okay, if, for those of you who didn't go, here's some pictures. There's three kangaroos hopping. Those are drones that made it. It was really cool. We've got, and there you go, an eagle over Parliament House. And then the kids decided I wasn't taking enough pictures, so they took over. So this is Avery's picture of the poor lady in front of us. Uh, and another, yeah, beautiful, blurry, fuzzy thing. And there we all are. We had a great time. We made a great memory together. <laughs> I wonder today, though, if God would want to have a similar chat with us as a church <laughs> as we enter into this season of Lent. And I want to be clear that this is my impression as I've been praying and preparing, but you test it and see what resonates with the spirit inside of you. There are prayers we're praying and things we're asking him for, things which he's in agreement with because they're on his heart and his idea, but he's asking for a greater level of responsiveness to him and obedience to him. Because if we want to go there, if we want to be the kind of church that can do that, that can love those people, that can make room, that can walk in unity together, there are some things he's going to ask of us and press on because they need to change. There are some things to stop. There are some things to start. There are some things to let go of. There are some lies that you're believing about yourself that need to be replaced with truth. There's a narrow path to walk. It's not a matter of your salvation or your belovedness or your belonging. It's a matter of becoming, discipleship, formation, maturity, readiness and character. It's a firm but kind hand on the shoulder. Hey, mate, you're better than this. Hey, friend, you're capable of more. Would you be open to me showing you how? Hey, son, daughter... I see you stuck in fear there. Would you let me show you the way out? Back to the drones. As we started walking from our parking spot, um, the older ones walked a little bit ahead and I reminded them that as we got closer to where the crowds were, they'd need to stay closer to me. And my littlest and I lagged behind and held hands as we walked the shore watching the evening sunlight on the water. It was really beautiful and our shadows ahead of us. I was breathing and trying to just release the stress and be present to the moment. This is going to be fun, right? We are making a memory. And then he piped up beside me. Mum, isn't it so great that Jesus is walking ahead of us? And he's beside us. He's beside you, mum, and he's beside me. Yes. We can do this then, can't we, Jesus? If he's going ahead of us and he's with us, we can do this. We're going to have a time of communion now together and I'm going to ask if those who are handing it out would be able to do that and worship team would be able to join me. As we take communion together this morning, what better time than now to start the cleanup? <laughs> so we're just going to spend a few moments together waiting on God and asking the Holy Spirit if there's anything that He wants to reveal. You can stay in your seat.
If you want to, you can come forward if that works for you. As we do this, let me just remind you that just as Psalm 32 taught us, confession does not need to be a sombre and heavy thing. It's something that leads to joy and celebration. Remember the repetition of three throughout that psalm. In the Bible, the number three represents completeness, wholeness, resurrection, and harmony. God himself is three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. The forgiveness he invites you into today is complete, and he invites us into increasing wholeness. So as we approach this together, Holy Spirit, I ask for your protection over each one of us, that we would be freed from the heaviness of guilt and shame that is not from you. Lord, give us the courage to trust you this morning and respond to what you're bringing up and lead us into freedom and lightness and joy. As you're grabbing the elements, just take some time, pause and listen. You might like to close your eyes if it helps you. You might like to open your posture before him. Let him speak. in me a pure heart, God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Thank you, Lord. As God reveals, would you just take some time to confess before him? doesn't need to be fancy just your own words. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.